the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's been said, lead me not into temptation, for I can find it all on my own. Yes, that's how we are at times. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching us God's truth right from the Bible with lessons that we may not want to hear, but we need to hear. Let's jump right in today's study. I entitled this message, Starting Over. Have you ever wanted to start over? Have you ever wanted to forget the past? Have you ever wanted to just never look back and only move forward? I'm sure we've all had times like that. Maybe some here tonight would say, yes, I would like to do that right now. It's when we've kind of hit that wall. It's when life hasn't worked out the way that we thought it was going to work out. It's when joy and happiness have vacated our very souls. It's when we've been caught red-handed doing what we know is wrong. And we don't know where to go and where to turn next because we're now filled with guilt. It's when our conscience is on red alert because we can't Hide. We can try to cover our tracks. We can try to tell everyone around us some lie that it, well, it wasn't us. And Well, I didn't do that. But we can't lie to ourselves. See, our conscience will not let us off the hook. We're told in the book of Romans chapter 2 verse 15 that God has written his law uh, upon the fleshly tablets of our heart. And, and we have a conscience that bears witness and our thoughts alternately accusing or else defending us. So you understand what God's saying there. He's saying, look, even if you don't open the Bible, even if you don't even know what it says inside, even if you don't even know what God says is right and wrong, there's a conscience inside of you that will register with God writing his word upon your heart. This is every believer and every non-believer. So that's why you don't have to hear, thou shall not steal to know it's wrong to steal. You know it instinctively. Why? Because God wrote it inside of you. Now, if you continue to steal, you will sear your heart and you won't care about stealing. You just think, well, what can I steal next? I love stealing. I'm a thief. And you'll just keep stealing because you've seared your heart. But when you first start stealing, when you first start doing things that are wrong, you feel guilty inside. Again, why? Because God wrote it on your heart and you can't escape that. So our conscience is that inner feeling inside. It's that inner voice inside of us that sounds off when we do something that's wrong. When, as it's been said in Romans 2, that you've broken the law of God. That's written on your heart. Now, none of us like the feeling of guilt, do we? I know I don't. But one thing is true. 
we usually only feel guilty when we're guilty, okay? That's when we feel guilty. Know this, guilt is one of the mechanisms that God uses in our lives to draw us close to him. You think, well, I hate the feelings of guilt. Yeah, but see, God, God put that in there so that when we feel guilty, it could actually drive us to him because he's the only one that can actually free us of that guilt. He's the only one that can. He's the only one that can forgive us of the guilt and the shame that's brought on by our acts of disobedience. That's why it doesn't really matter what culture says is right and wrong. It doesn't really matter if we change laws to make something that used to be wrong, to make it right now, that we legalize things. If God says it's wrong already, God usurps all laws. So even though the United States might say, well, the Supreme Court ruled that that this is now legal, doesn't matter. If God says it's wrong, it's still wrong. Why? Because his law again supersedes all laws. So when we go to bed with ourselves and we wake up with ourselves. We can't escape what God has already written in our hearts. And if something is wrong, whether the law says it's right or not, doesn't matter because we can escape us. And God has wrote it inside of us. And if we insist on doing what is wrong or we will continue lying to ourselves, then we'll have to medicate the guilt then. So we can medicate it with drugs or alcohol, something to soften that, that, that mind thinking. And again, like I said before, it doesn't matter what area of sin it is. If you do it long enough, you will sear your heart. It's kind of like if you work with tools in your hands, what happened to your hands? They get calluses, right? And so you no longer have blisters. You know, you ladies ever get a new pair of sandals or something like that, and you're wearing it, and all of a sudden you get a blister on your foot because it's rubbing your foot the wrong way? Well, if you continue to wear those shoes and what have you, your skin will get toughened up, and you'll callous your heel or whatever so that it doesn't bother you anymore. Okay, well, it's the same thing we do to our heart. If we keep doing what God says is wrong and we just keep doing it, we'll get a calloused heart, and then we won't feel bad about it anymore, but that's only because we calloused it. But we obviously know when things are wrong, and again, we can't escape us. You know, the only way to be free from guilt and shame and to find a true peace is to be at rest with our maker, and that's coming to him as our savior. You know, the word savior in the Bible is defined as the deliverer who is God. Yes, when the living God ceases from being some dead religion to the one that we need to embrace as Savior and Lord, everything changes for us. Everything changes. We go from some stale dead religion to having a personal relationship with God himself. Now we can come to him as our Father in heaven, We can come to him as our Abba, as our daddy, as our papa. Those are intimate terms. Those of you that have a wonderful relationship with your father, you understand these terms. Now, if you have a relationship with your dad that was horrible and he was never around or he was there and it would have been better if he wasn't around because he was a very cruel and mean person, then it's hard for you to understand this intimacy here. But God is someone who will never harm you, never hurt you, 
And in loves, you and always have your best interest. Doesn't mean he always lets you go do what you want to do because maybe what you want to do isn't the right thing. But he loves you enough to tell you that and to walk with you and to have a tender, loving relationship with you as his son or his daughter. And he wants to forgive us and set us free from the guilt and the shame that dwells within us that we're guilty of. But he wants to set us free from that. Now, how does that happen? Well, it happened because of the horrific death that Jesus died in our place on the cross. You get that? Jesus came and he died. It's not like they snuck up on Jesus. Quick, let's grab him and we will nail him to the cross. Jesus, let's not forget, was God in the flesh. And at any moment, he could have just said, you know, I'm kind of sick of you people. I am the great I am. And you're not. He could have said, you're done. You're roasted. I'm out of here. But he purposed in his life to come here and to die on the cross again in our place. So understand what happened exactly. Even though we weren't going to be born for 2,000 years after this happened, God took the sin of the world and he allowed it to be poured on his own body on the cross. So even though I wasn't born yet and you weren't born yet, God took your sin, everything you've done, things that many people don't know about, your parents don't know about, your loved ones, your spouse, your best friend doesn't know about, things that we've done in secret that no one else knows about. And he took all of the sinful things and he allowed it to be poured on his body. So he died in our place. It's just, it was a horrific death. And when we embrace him for his forgiveness, we can be forgiven. We can have a relationship with God. God is holy and we simply are not on our own. And sin severed that relationship with God. So we could never go into the presence of God because we had sin in our life. But again, that's why Jesus came. He came and he bore our sin on his body so that we can be cleansed of our sin and unrighteousness. Isn't it nice to be cleansed? Have you ever just been dirty? I mean, you know, look, I'm a, I'm a real boy. You know, I've been out on motocross tracks. I, I've been working on cars all day. I remember when we first got married. I mean, we literally were married for one day. And I had to work on my car the whole next day. So here we get married. The next day, I'm working on my car all day. We got married in August. I didn't work, we didn't have a garage. I was working out in the sun, and I was sweating like a pig. I was greased from the top of my head to the tip of my toes. Here I've got my new bride up in our apartment, air-conditioned apartment. Where am I at? Working outside. I'm coming in. I stink. I'm covered with you know grease and just dirt. Hi, honey. How about a big hug? She's like... Ew. But you ever just been dirty from whatever it might have been, and then you just get to go take that long shower? Doesn't it feel good to be clean? You come out of that shower, you're like, ah. Well, in the same way, our sin has covered us, and it's like, it's filthy. It's, it's, it's like that mildew dish rag. Well, again, that's what we were like. We were stained with sin. But when God 
cleanses us. He makes us as if we've never sinned. Uh, isn't it incredible? That's why, amen, amen. That's why the Bible uses a term that we've been justified, and it means that we've been, we've been made just as if we've never sinned. Now, you know and I know that we've sinned, right? We've done horrible things at times, some worse than others, but we won't point you out. But it's like God has made us as if there was no sin in our life through the blood of Jesus. Wow, it is absolutely crazy. And so now, you know, we have this opportunity to be at one with God, you know, every one of us, because we've sought after or we can seek after this gracious God for his forgiveness. It's been said that the truth might hurt, but it's the truth that sets us free. Some pastors will not tell the truth about sin. You know, they'll just want to, every time they have a church service, you're wonderful. Like I've turned into some life coach or something like, yes, you're a champion and you'll always be great and wonderful. It's like, uh, well, actually, no, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's, that's the reality. But again, it's the truth that hurts, but that's the truth that sets us free. And it was no different for King David in the Bible. As you know, there came a time when all the kings went out to battle, yet King David stayed back in the palace. Why? Well, there was no really no good reason. He just decided, hey, I'm going to sit this one out. He was a champion of Israel. He's the one that took down Goliath the giant. He's the one that conquered all the Philistines. So he's like, hey guys, go on out there and fight the battle. I'm going to hang back here at the palace. And while he was hanging at the palace, not out there fighting where he should have been, He had nothing to do. And in the midst of all that leisure time, he got himself in trouble. It was W.N. Taylor that said this quote, temptation rarely comes in the working hours. It's in our leisure time that men are made or marred. Yes, sometimes the worst thing you can have is idle time. Now, what do we always want? We want more time off, right? We don't want to work. We want more time off. We want more vacation time. But it's in those times that we can find ourselves with much temptation. It's been said, lead me not into temptation, for I can find it all on my own. Yes, that's how we are at times. We have to guard what we see. We have to guard what we do. We have to guard where we go. The Bible says in Proverbs 6, 27, can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not get burned? He's just asking a question. Can you walk up to a bonfire on the beach and pick up the bonfire and hold it in your clothes without your clothes being burned? No, at least I can't. Maybe you have some way of doing it, but the Bible's just saying, look, you can't walk up to fire and grab a hold of it and not get burned. You will get burned. That's what it is with playing with sin. We think, oh, well, I'm just going to mess around with a little bit here. Not much. I'm just going to do a little bit. But a little bit always leads to more. You know, there's a price to pay when we do things which are wrong. And that's exactly what happened to King David. There was a separation, you could say, in his relationship with God. And it all started with a midnight stroll on his rooftop in 2 Samuel chapter 11. You know the story, most of you. That's when he saw a beautiful woman. Her name was Bathsheba, and she was taking a bath. Why is this woman on her rooftop taking a bath without some kind of curtain drawn? You know, when you first read it, you think like, oh, he was just dun, 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 walking on his roof. Oh, my goodness, who's this woman? Uh, actually, it wasn't quite like that. 
First of all, he's the king of Israel. He's the greatest king they ever had. Why is this woman living next door to him? The reason she's living next door is because she's the wife of one of his top military leaders. The Bible talks about David having 30 mighty men. They were like the Navy SEALs, the Army Rangers. It was like the SWAT team all rolled into one. These were mighty warriors that God raised up. So this man that was able to live next door to King David was one of those top 30 military leaders. David knew exactly who this woman was because she had probably dined at David's table many times because Uriah, her husband, was always invited to eat at the king's table. Again, that's why they're living next door to the king because of his high military credentials. So the Bible tells us that Bathsheba was extremely beautiful. What does that mean? She was extremely beautiful. So David kind of had the eye for women, we know. He had multiple wives. The Bible warned him, do not have multiple wives, and David neglected that. So this sin that's going to compile in David's life is from a lot of warnings that he managed to turn his eye away from. God said, don't have multiple wives. I'm having multiple wives. And that wasn't enough to have multiple wives. He even had what the Bible calls concubines, which concubines were like little helpers around the house, little helpers. They were kind of glorified sleeping mates. So they were supposed to be around the house to help around the house. But, oh, they helped around the house all right. So he had multiple concubines and multiple wives. But that wasn't enough for David. It wasn't enough. So here, his 30 mighty men with all of his army are out on the battlefield fighting. David's looking at this woman next door who he he knows who Bathsheba is. And he sees her and Bathsheba knows that the king's roof is right next door. And she's out there taking a bath with no curtain drawn or anything. So she's, like the Bible says, extremely beautiful. David's looking at her and she's like, yeah, let me dry off, you know. And so then David says to his servants, go get that woman for me. That woman? That woman? The Bible tells us that God gives us all a way of escape. Now, we all know what it's like to get tempted, right? I mean, you know, when that temptation's coming, oh boy, you know, you're starting to get the, you know, hair standing up on your neck and you're, you know, you know, all of a sudden you get the little, you know, start happening, the little goosebumps and all of this. You're getting tempted. You're getting allured with something that's tempting to you. What's tempting for me might not be tempting for you and vice versa. You know, just, we all have certain areas that we're weak in and the enemy, the devil knows which ones we're weakest to. That's why he puts us in places and positions. And so the servant said to King David, uh, excuse me, uh, boss, uh, that's Uriah's wife. Like, let me remind you that you're asking me to go get the naked woman next door. Wait, that's Uriah's wife. So see, the Bible says God gives us a way of escape. So every time that we fall into temptation, you say, man, it was just too much temptation for me. It's like, uh... God always gives us a way of escape. It's like when you first start to click on something you shouldn't be clicking on. Uh, you, sh- you shouldn't click on that. Uh, 
See, we all have that moment. You know, maybe it's a time of going to a party, going somewhere that you know you shouldn't go, going and hanging out with someone who's a non-believer that they usually go in the wrong places. It's like, you know, the way of escape is you should have never went in the first place. You should have said no. Not like, well, I'm going to go, but I'm a good Christian boy. I'm a good Christian girl. I'll just go and just hang out, but I'm not going to partake of anything. No, you shouldn't go in the first place. So that was where David uh, fell short. So then we know that how it acted out. David called for her, go get her for me anyway, go get the woman. She ended up getting pregnant. They were out the battle for like a couple months. So, you know, her husband's not coming back. So she comes over and tells David, uh, I, I'm pregnant. He's like, oh. So instead of David just coming clean and confessing his sin, he's like, I'm going to fix it. You ever try to fix your sin? David's going to fix it. So he calls out for Uriah. Hey, Uriah, come back in. I, I need to have a, a report on how the battle's going out on the battlefield. So Uriah comes in. The king's asked for me. Well, king, this is what's happening. and These are the ways of the battle. And David's like, well, thank you so much for sharing these things with me. Hey, Uriah, you know, since you're in town, why don't you go ahead and go home to your wife and have a good night. And, you know, you can go back out to the battle tomorrow. Uriah's like, "Uh, king, I'm not going to go sleep with my wife. I mean, that would be unfair to all my fellow soldiers out in the the field out there. They're not able to sleep with their wives. No, so he doesn't. What, do we got a Boy Scout here? Yes. We, have a, we actually have a man of integrity, David, something that you have not been. And so then David keeps him for another day, gets him drunk as a skunk, okay? Although I've never seen a skunk that got drunk, but anyway, it's a term. I don't know where it came from, but anyway. So he gets him drunk. You know, now maybe he'll go home and sleep with his wife. No, he sleeps on the porch. He doesn't go. It's like, all right. So he sends Uriah back. And he sends a note to give to the general. The general opens the note, send Uriah out to the most fierce part of the battle, and then pull back everybody else. Okay, so he did. And Uriah was killed on the battlefield because they put him out there at the front line and then they pulled everyone else back. Imagine how many people, his fellow soldiers, that were going against what they knew was right and leaving their poor fellow soldier out there to fight all by himself on the front line. Think about all the the guilt and why is this happening? Why would the king order that? What's going on here? Little did anyone know it's because, oh, David got his wife pregnant and he knows that that guy was out on the field for two months. So, you know, he's got to cover his tracks. So then, of course, he dies, Uriah. You know, his wife has a couple months of mourning for her husband, and then he takes his pregnant woman in, who's pregnant with his his own child, and takes her on as a wife. That's when David clammed up for like a full year. He didn't say anything about this, thinking that he got away with it. I covered my tracks. But why was the guilt still there? Why was the shame still there? And so David started shriveling up on the inside. This the psalmist, this this man after God's own heart, he's he's shriveling up. Then comes Nathan the prophet. And he comes and hey David, I got a story for you. Really? 
Yes, yes. It's something about someone in your kingdom. Really? Yeah, yeah. And he tells him this story. Well, we got a guy that's living in your kingdom. He doesn't have very much money. He's a very poor man. And, uh, but he has a little sheep. And that little sheep is just like one of his children. And well, his next door neighbor's got tons of acres and he's got thousands of sheep. And so the next door neighbor, the rich man, he has some friends come over for a barbecue. Instead of taking one of his thousands of sheep, he came over and got this guy that has nothing, got his one little sheep that he treats like his own child, and he cut that thing up and they barbecued that thing. What? David's like, I can't believe it. That guy needs to die. Okay. So Nathan the prophet says, oh, by the way, you're the man. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla, one word, dot org. As well as writing to our P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.